previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Manny goes dashing to meet Thad for the Firecross tryout. Wall, did I make it in time? We're just about to get started. Acrea Rolta, the Pyrocross coach, comes walking out. All right, you ingrates. Pyrocross has some very specific rules. Thad and Manny, why don't you go ahead and get on the line, and then we'll uh, we'll take the skinny, blonde, male, human, and then the female drow. Let's get down. Let's get dirty. And she tweets her whistle. Let's go. I'll post the roster in a couple days. Dad, Manny, why don't you go ahead and pick up the pennies for me and take those up to... Oshag uh, Hennessy's office. Kyrasta. You head on back to the Arkshine Tower. You are walking into the commissary, and you see tons of shelves. At the desk is seated a dwarf who has a streak of purple hair who you know is Kyrasta. And you also see Milo and Dixon. Kyrasta sits up on his stool. Did Coach Rolta not wash these since last season? Uh, Thad has been wearing this one since last season. He has not taken it off. It's good luck. Milo and Dixon apparently were having a little bit of a hard time finding herbs and hors d'oeuvres. That's right. And I walk away. Remember, guys, we're, we're a unit. <laughs> Suck my unit. All of a sudden, you hear a grinding of gears. Everything on the shelves nearby just falls straight off the shelves. And then from the deep recesses of the warehouse come shooting two copies of herbs and hors d'oeuvres. I, I don't understand. Like, I'll buy you something from the commissary if if, if you go down into the basement and check to see what, what's going on with the magic down there. I'm likely the guy who could fix it, potentially. So, yeah, I'll I'll go check it out for you. You guys want to come with me? All right, teamy. Absolutely. No, but I'm curious. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Brad Renfro. Uh, always knock on the refrigerator door before opening it in case there's a salad dressing. Uh, Matt Smith. Why does Sauron always pick up his phone immediately? Because he's all about the, the one, one ring. ring. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Brad Richards. No. <laughs> Just fucking no. Have you seen Rings of Power yet? I've only seen the first 14 minutes of episode one. I thought I was going to say, I've only seen the first 14 seasons. No, they just started that, though. I'm excited to start it, but I heard it's like a slow grind, which is, I mean, Lord of the Rings, but... I already know that they have a female dwarf that doesn't I mean, just look exactly like male dwarves, beard and all, which, coward's choice. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Can't watch it. Because the women aren't manly enough? They're su- supposed to look just straight up like a normal male dwarf. And this one has a bosom or something? And, and this just... one just looks like some short woman. Have you seen a picture? Yeah, there was like a promo picture from when they were so doing what, like casting. 
Besides the squishy face. So what you're saying She's is hot. this time, which has happened for the first time, you have seen a female dwarf and not become aroused. Yes. <laughs> and last but not least, Ben Renfro. Uh, hey, Paul. I'm uh, tuned in and turned on to be here. <laughs> Roll it. Are you struggling for a, uh, a yeah. segue from that? Have yeah, we actually have we just... actually stumped him? It's been what a hundred and four episodes now. You know what else is really good when you get past their squishy face? Our fifth, our fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Precisely. Thank you very much, Be Rich. Uh, we'll go with that one. So <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and pick up with our fourth episode of season two. What happened last time was that we were introduced to the sport of pyrocross, which is a combination of baseball, football, and rugby, essentially. We learned about the mechanics of that. We got to see Thad, uh, the turtle, a.k.a. the wall, played by Matt Smith. And then Manny... I don't know what Manny's last name is off the top of my head. McQuaid. Manfred Manny McQuaid, a.k.a. the Ivory Alchemist, that is a Loxodon, played by Ben Renfro. They both were trying out as uh, previous members of the Pyrocross team. And then the previous episode had seen uh, Milo Yisithris. Is that right? Yes. Milo Yisithris. Milo Yisithris, played by Brad... Yisithris. Say it right. Yisithris, played by Brad Renfro. It's like, man. You come into my house, you get my wife's name right. <laughs> and um, Milo is a kender. And then was Milo is also in class with Dixon, played by Brad Richards, who is a topaz dragonborn. Oh, fuck. I forgot I was a dragon. And they were in adventuring economics, where they learned how to cook on the road. Now, they all are in the commissary, is what we've been calling it, but again, still need to come up with a cooler name for that, uh, where they were talking to Kyrasta when all of a sudden all of the magic that makes the commissary, a.k.a. Amazon Warehouse, start failing and throwing stuff all over the place. So Kyrasta asked our adventurers to go down to the basement of the Arcthanium, which is the... Arkshine Library and check out what is going on, what's causing everything to go haywire. So that's where we're picking up today. All four of you had agreed with Kyrasta to go down to the basement of the Arcthanium and check out what was going on and he would offer you something from the commissary in return for your services. So you head down to the first floor of the Arcthanium, and as you're walking through the main atrium where you had your beginning of term speech, you can see that water fountain that has all of the symbols of the different Arcshine schools of magic houses. The water is spurting and bubbling, and it's not flowing the way that it should, and even the lights seem to be flickering a little bit. So you kind of pick up your feet, pick up the pace and head over to the door that says basement. I open the door and yell, what the fuck is going on? Like, continue, <laughs> See, continue <laughs> going. Is there any Paul? response? There is no response. You just hear echoing back to you, 
going, oh, no, no, no. Why did you come in so metal? <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, is it lit or is it like a dark basement? It's about to be lit. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it appears that the torches on the walls have gone out, but you can see a flickering red light at the bottom of a long staircase. Well, I'll just go ahead and use a cantrip, produce flame to uh, catch them torches back up. Okay. So cantrips are uh, simple enough that even though magic is unreliable in this day and age of Ralvaria, you are able to produce your flame and uh, you light up a 30-foot space around you and then another 30 feet beyond that is dim light and you proceed down the stairs. That's a lot better than what I have written down. Wait, oh. question for you. Are we allowed to use cantrips free willingly? I'm going to say, or I was going to say, as soon as you said that, I realized how weird it is. And if not for a little flavor for context, I could always uh, have my little Toby friend just skip and dance around and go hug all the candles and they'll light. That would work too. I'd, I'd rather do that, but it does say for produce flame as a cantrip, it's a 10 foot radius light with 10 foot dim light. And then I can use it to attack that has a 30 foot range. Like, I can throw it after Yeah, I, I just double-checked that. I was thinking of a, of a torch. But um, in response to your question, Ben, yes, we had agreed that anything cantrip can be cast without cost, but anything that requires a spell slot would require you to do your uh, magical focus roll. Okay. Every time I've used my lightning lure to this point, we've uh, put in the spell mechanics, but it is a cantrip, so... Oh, is I it? think it's been... Yeah, it's been like two, like at least twice that I've used it, that we've used spell mechanics. So I just want to know for future references going forward. Okay. Yeah, I think especially... I haven't failed yet with it, so it's okay. (laughs) I ain't mad, but watch yourself. Yeah, we, um, I don't think we had discussed it on the podcast, but I think we had discussed it uh, when we were fashioning that mechanic that we would wind up allowing cantrips to proceed as normal. So at least we got to, uh introduce the magical focus but yeah going forward you should be fine anywho you are moving down the staircase uh milo has both produced flame in his hand but then he also summoned his friend toby that is a magical little spirit and what shape is toby in today he's flying around just as like a little uh hummingbird type like just a little bird so he can fly around from the candle to candle and light our path as we're going cool Toby's flitting around, going down the stairs with you. And out of curiosity, are you just marching straight down onto the landing at the bottom of the stairs? Or are you proceeding cautiously? Or how are you proceeding? If I'm first, I'm just kind of proceeding. We're proceeding confidently. So the wall's got our back. (laughs) Nothing's sneaking up on us. An old rickety stair. You just step and go straight through (laughs) the wood of it. (laughs) Just eat absolute shit. And just if slide me, all the way down in my shell. If you and I are ever caught on the same stair, <laughs> it just breaks. Goddamn, yeah. How much How much do we weigh together? 800-some pounds. That That's much. it? Together? Well, yeah, you weigh like 450 and the Loxodon weighs 400. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Only. <laughs> only half a ton between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> God, I gotta eat a little more. Coach <laughs> says I'm not thick enough. Just wait till balking season. <laughs> right. 
Coach Rolta won't stand for that. They're starving themselves right now to make weight. They're barely pushing 850, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you proceed confidently down the stairs and you reach the landing. None of you have ever had any reason to come down to the basement before. But once you get down there, you see that the red light that you had seen flickering at the bottom is actually the mouth of a giant furnace. It is five times as large as Manny is. So it's absolutely massive. It's got pipes coming out of it seven or eight different ways and going up into the ceiling above. And then you also see another three similar furnaces that are currently not lit uh, on either wall. And then behind this furnace that is lit, and I should specify it's in the center of this room, behind that furnace is a metal canister that is another three times as large as the main furnace. This canister has, it's not big pipes, it's little tiny pipes that are coming out of it like spider legs and just streaming across the ceiling above you. And you can just feel waves of magic coming off of it. So we get down there, we see all this going on. And from, I mean, so so I guess if it's like, hey, something went wrong with this, like whatever's going wrong in the basement, almost like can we go like check the breaker box is kind of what we're doing, right? Like just seeing if like we can fix whatever's wrong. So I guess I would like to try to make some sort of like perception or insight check of some sort to see if like I could noticeably tell if like with the magical thing that's going on, if there's like any fuses blown in some sort of like way or anything like that, like would I be able to perceive if there's like something like clearly like wrong with it? If you are going to proceed further into the room to go take a look at the, um, the giant metal canister that is putting off a bunch of magical energy then um, I will describe to you what you're seeing as you come around that main furnace. So that main furnace is lit, and there are no other lights down here. So once you start moving around that furnace towards the metal canister, the light starts to dim. And do you have dark vision? Hell no, I don't. All right, so suddenly it's dim lighting, and you're having difficulty seeing what all is going on with this magical canister or whatever else is going on further back in the basement. That's with my fire? If you move the flame with Manny or if you send Toby further down, further back into the basement. Well, yeah, like, like as Ben was, like, he was the only one speaking, but, I mean, also just walking down my character, I mean, I'm seeing a bunch of unlit furnaces. I'd be like, oh, this might be the problem, and I'll just go, I'll, my goal was to kind of go be and check those out. Okay. See if there's anything in there too light, and if not, like, just, you know, throw my ball, have Toby go and roll around in there a bit, start it up. So you're going for the furnace, not, like, the big, like, there was, like, the separate thing that was, like, the magical-looking fuse thing? If it looked like it could have been, like, a container it was opening, like, I could open it and get anything out of it, then yes, but no. Yeah, if it's just, like, a little furnace kind of, like, flickering, I'm gonna go check out the other stuff. Wait, so, I'm sorry, Paul, remind me then. So we have the furnace that had, like, the glow coming from it, and then there was another, like, bigger thing, right? Like, you said it was like a... Yes. What, 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 what word did you use to describe it? A giant canister. 
currency. Gotcha. So that means that so that means that it can be opened. So you haven't actually inspected the canister yet. The the layout of the room, as you can see it so far, is in the center of the room is one giant lit furnace. There are three unlit furnaces to your left and to your right. And then there is this giant canister that you can see behind the main, fur- the lit furnace in the center of the room. But in order to go and see what the metal canister looks like, you would have to proceed behind the furnace. So far, Manny is the only one that said that he would go check it out. Milo, you said that you and Toby would be going and lighting the other furnaces. Right. So, and you said that as we're getting closer, so if Milo, if you're going to light the three unlit furnaces, essentially to have Toby jump in and roll around, you said if there was something to do with the furnaces, you would do it. Yeah, or we can just be talking as characters now. Um, Well, I'm trying to describe what I wanted to do. And Paul, you said that as we got closer, that like the vision, even with like the lights that we had, like it got dimmer and darker. Yes. So once you proceed past the furnace, that is lit in the room, you start to lose sight. But since Milo is going and sending Toby to start lighting the three furnaces on the left and the three furnaces on the right, that's going to add more light. So Milo is running around throwing flames into these furnaces and Toby is flitting into the furnaces. You see a poof of flame and suddenly you now have all seven of the furnaces lit in the basement and it is enough light that it is shining on the metal canister that uh, Manny is standing in front of. You can now see that the metal canister, it does have a small door at about a human's thigh height. And then above that are dozens of knobs and dials. Mm-hmm. Do I like the door or do I like the buttons? <laughs> buttons. Well, I'm gonna go over and I'm gonna stare up at all the knobs and dials with just a slack jaw because I have absolutely no fucking idea what I'm looking at. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just gonna put my hands on my hips and be like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What about you, uh, Dixon? Yep. 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 (laughs) I'll just kind of gonna hang out in the back and watch these guys be... Mainly the wall just be a boob. It's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are there any like buttons that are like red and flashing? No, there are no flashing lights on on this canister. And um, Manny, you had said that you want to make some sort of perception check. Yeah. So I just really wanted to, you know, make sure I was inspecting like the canister. And now that there's like buttons and everything like that, too, that we're able to see, I just. I guess I'm essentially inspecting it to see if, like, as somebody who is familiar with, like, magic and how magic should work and how to, like, mend items and make things magical and, like, infuse certain items with magical abilities just to see if I'm able to pick up on, like, anything that, I guess, looks out of place, you know, doesn't make sense, like, anything. Like, I I just want to see how much I, like, I actually understand what I'm looking at. Yeah, go ahead and roll uh, an Arcana check. 17. That's an excellent roll. Uh, you immediately recognize that this is a super, super high-tech surge. Okay. You you can tell that's what it's supposed to be. You're not really sure how to fix it. It would take some time to try and discern 
what's going on. Okay. And uh, since it since it is a surge, and like I recognize that it's a surge, um, I might not know how to fix it, but I guess do I recognize that like if something looks out of place with this surge, like it is broken, then can I tell that it's like malfunctioning? Like, is it the surge that's the issue from what we're seeing as we get to the basement? Like, do I do I understand that? Yeah, you would understand that everything going on upstairs is magically delicious operate <laughs> magically operated so there is something going on with the surge that is causing the magical items upstairs to fail so you would need to take some time and just really focus on this canister with a 17 you probably could figure out m- maybe something that's going on uh but you would need to take at least like 10 minutes to focus on it gotcha well okay guys so Wall, how's it, uh, you keep focusing on the buttons. <laughs> I can tell yep. that you're, uh... Looks like, uh, it's, it's gonna be... Gonna be one of those days, you know? Okay, are you making any any sort of progress in, in what you're seeing? Uh, well, uh, you know, I'm I'm taking a look. It's, uh, it's gonna take, take a little bit to, you know, sort this one out. Okay. Well... Yep. <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> why don't you keep focusing on that, uh, Dixon? Are you going to be able to help uh, the wall with anything? Can you? Can you assist him? Maybe you could see something. Connect that, that... his brain cells? No, I cannot do that. Oh goodness! Because uh, you know what I'm seeing here, guys, is that this is uh, you know this is a giant surge, like the ones that uh, very good we use for for our magic and obviously there's something wrong and this is controlling the magical items upstairs uh you know i I can take a look at it a little bit longer but it's gonna take me some time so i'm not sure if like while i'm inspecting this for for a few minutes if uh you know you guys feel free to keep me posted on if you're seeing or finding anything else that you know might be of use need me to open this door here on this you know what yeah open the door okay i will open this door Once you open the door, you see that there is space to step inside uh, for a small person. And you can see from where you're just looking and glancing in that there are a bunch of glass canisters set into little nooks all around a um, circular sheath inside of this canister. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are, like, all the lights on? Are they flickering? Are they... There are no lights inside. Uh, You can just see from the uh, light that is coming in from the furnaces that you had lit, and then also from your dark vision. Like, what are these glass canisters filled with? Can I see inside, or do I take one out? (laughs) Yeah, you can go ahead and take one out. So... Well, can I just see inside without doing that? Like, do I know what they're filled with? No, you can't tell what they're filled with. It, it's everything is capped with a piece of metal, and then there's you can see like a little bit of glass, but you can't tell what's in it because it is set into a nook. Okay, I'm gonna take out two canisters, and I'm gonna bring them out, and I'm gonna show one to Manny and be like, "Hey, do you know what these are? Then I found these a bunch of these inside." Mm, yes, I've uh, studied these before. 
course I know what they are. Arcana check, right? <laughs> so what's inside <laughs> these? Am I shaking it around? Yeah, you can make an arcana check, and uh, then I will uh, describe what they are. They're explosives, so keep <laughs> shaking them. 23. <laughs> Jeez, 23, that's, that's pretty darn good. You gotta remember, my character, although I'm on a sports team, has no strength or dexterity. He is very good with Arcana, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a, where I stand. Just so, a big yes. Fucking uh, oaf. He's on a team because it looks good for his resume. You know how, you know, some teams, they just, you know, want to show that the school wants to show the team has a high GPA. Like, that's why I'm on the team. It's just to bring our overall GPA up. <laughs> sports team gives a shit about their GPA. Well, the sports teams itself doesn't, but the schools usually do. The schools yeah. are chumps. Uh, Brad, do Kender actually have dark vision? Wait, what, me? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I thought they did, but... Uh, yes. Now you do. I No. <laughs> I mean, I might, but I'm not seeing it specifically written on my character no, sheet. No, I can't find it either. So, I take that back. You don't have dark vision. But you did pull out the canisters, you're looking at them now in the furnace light, and with Manny looking at them, you are seeing in one canister there is a feather, and in the other canister is a scale, and Manny recognizes that the feather is from a griffin, and the scale is from a dragon. So this looks like the magical items we got from those monsters. Yeah, and if you, uh, so, so in my, in my alchemy class, uh... One of the things that we were learning is how to make surges using these sort of items. So, you know, initial thoughts is something along the lines of, hey, they might just be cancers back here, and this is possibly where some of the materials is stored for making the surges. So this isn't actually broken? No, there's definitely something wrong with this main surge. As far as, you know, what's going on, I still... still needing a few more minutes to, to see if I can identify, but this is definitely like much larger than anything I've had to deal with before, so I'm not sure that I'd be able to necessarily fix it. Um, well, if this is just where we store things in, maybe there's another door on the actual furnace there that we just gotta replace one of these scales. Is there a door on the furnace over there? There is the grate of the furnace that is giving off light. Nothing that looks like I can plug a canister in anywhere? No, not in the furnace. Now, sorry, Paul, did you say coming off of, like, the main surge and whatever, there was, like, multiple lines and pipes and everything that was, like, leading away from it? Yes. Okay. Um, I like your idea, Milo. Uh, so coming off of this main surge, there's, it looks like there's numerous pipes and, like, lines. I think maybe if we all follow these individual lines to see if either the line looks broken or split or what's on the other ends of them just to kind of see what are all the different components that are leading into this main surge maybe we could figure it out that way do you think we just need to make the fire bigger uh, i mean no but say <laughs> so, toby go in there and turn into a bear but if <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy to watch. Um, One of the furnaces suddenly is leaking flame out of its grate as Toby turns into a bear. That's fascinating. Uh, and the whole furnace starts shaking. Good. I'd well, like to step forward to the canister and give it a wrap on the side with my hands. And then 
step back and stroke my chin and go, hmm. <laughs> well, when you flick the glass canister, like the, uh, the big one that we're all standing in front of, not oh, like the, the big one. Okay, not the not the little glass canisters or glass tubes, I guess. Okay. Well, then there's a big loud uh, dong as you hit the big metal canister, and then yes, you stand there in contemplation. Yeah, I don't know, guys. It's uh, it's a tough nut to crack. <laughs> <laughs> so, would anything have happened when I was shaking the other canister around? If him flicking it was supposed to do something, apparently. Yes. I'm sorry, I must have missed that you said you shook it. Um, when you start shaking the canister with the griffin feather, it crumbles into dust. Oh! I'm just gonna put that one in my pocket and pretend I never had it. That's why I grabbed two. <laughs> Milo, are you trying to hide the fact that... Like, Absolutely. Okay, go ahead and roll a sleight of, <laughs> of hand check to see if uh, anybody notices. Ten. Okay, what is everybody's passive perception? Twelve. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, Manny, you notice, and... Fad, you both notice that the canister with the griffin feather crumbles to dust and Milo has just pocketed it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, fuck you, Dixon. <laughs> no, no, shit. There were... Dixon did say that he was just standing back watching Thad be a boob. That is true. All your attention was on Thad. <laughs> my head snaps around, but my body doesn't. Just my head snaps around into the shell. And snakes its way towards... How long is your neck? <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer snakes to. Snakes its way towards the, the little kender here. And it's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I just did. I'm sorry. I uh, I was just shaking this up. And and and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll pull the real one out of my... Like the other one out of my pocket. Be like, I was just shaking up the feather and it just, it just crumpled. And I don't know. And it bro- I, I broke it more. I'm sorry. Milo, well... What? Do we learn our lesson about shaking <laughs> vials? To not to? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you can not shake them, or should should I hold on to those? Well, no, I'm not going to shake any more of them. I, mm-hmm. Just I didn't know, know it would break. <laughs> if you shake them, I will lock you in a closet with Dixon. You didn't know if you shook a glass vial, it would break. I know the feather would disintegrate, no. Okay. Just know your punishment, hmm. if it happens again, is some one-on-one -on -one time with Dixon. I would love that. Been trying to give him my friendship bracelet I made him. <laughs> Speaking of Dixon, uh, Dixon, while you're off to one side, uh, just kind of observing and smirking in disdain at uh, these Idiot. classmates of yours as they're trying to fix this giant surge, you hear a soft shuffling off to your left behind one of the furnaces. Huh. It's LMFAO. <laughs> They're shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling. I want to find him and say I'm sorry for party rocking. Sorry for party rocking. It, uh, hmm. So it's a shuffling to my left? Yes. Behind one of the furnaces. 
Is it a threatening shuffle or is it kind of just like a shuffle, 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 shuffle? If you heard a shuffle, would you be threatened? It depends. If it's a threatening shuffle, if it's a card shuffle, if it's the Iggy shuffle, if it's. <laughs> I feel like any noise right now would just the be Cupid like, shuffle. The Cupid shuffle. <laughs> uh, it would sound like somebody dragged their foot across the floor. Ooh, it's a foot shuffle. I am not going to say anything. And I'm going to walk over to the canister, ready to fucking maul anything over there. Okay. Sneaky sneaks away from the group to investigate on his own. That was the last we ever heard of Dixon. So are you now actively keeping an eye on that area over there? Yeah. Well, He's, he's actively approaching it, is what he said. I'm yeah. going to shuffle my way over there. <laughs> moonwalks over. Yeah, I'll moonwalk over sneakily while... Kind of looking at it out of the corner of my eye while trying to be nonchalant about walking over there. Okay. All right, don't you shuffle at me. Yeah, don't you <laughs> shuffle, shuffle back. So, and then if I see something move, I will be ready to um, assault it physically. Okay. Go ahead and roll a perception check uh, and let me know what that is. This was a uh, perception. Back! 16. Okay. Uh, I will keep that in mind as you moonwalk, shuffle your way over to the main group hmm. around the canister. You see the thriller move. And I will say that, Manny, now that you've had some time to kind of look at the dials and to and you've seen that the feather in the glass vial that Milo had been shaking had disintegrated, you start to kind of put two and two together and you start to realize that some of the readouts on the dials seem to be low. You're starting to figure out that that's because some of the materials in the surge have burned out like the griffin feather, and they are, they've disintegrated and aren't working as they should. Try flipping them around and reinserting them. <laughs> <laughs> blow on it. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to say blow on it. Um, all right. Well, uh, Thad. Do you have any new updates from anything that you might have seen? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, it's coming along here. I, I, I think uh, if we just, uh, you know, we all put our heads together like a team, we'll, we'll be able to sort this out. Gosh, yeah, teamwork. Okay, guys, smart. I think I know what's going on. <laughs> what's your guys' intelligence? Ten. Okay. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I think I know what's going on. Similar to how when Milo ruined the feather with his mis, uh, mishandling and uh, lackadaisical I thought you just told us they were already burnt up I didn't do nothing See? well after he fucked up tremendously it, it helped <laughs> me to realize that I didn't fuck up tremendously <laughs> that's just similar to how when uh, Milo shook it and the feather disintegrated, <laughs> the materials that are in the actual surge, you know, powering the upstairs are also burning up, which might have caused like a spark or a flare, which is what caused all the books to possibly shoot out upstairs. And I think that that is where the issue might be, is that the materials are burning up inside. So, Milo, that room that you checked out where you brought the vials from, were there more materials back there that we could possibly feed into this? I mean, the whole thing was just full of these glass tubes, so I guess we don't know which ones burnt out and which ones didn't unless you shake them. <laughs> well, 
more saying like in the actual surge itself. Like There's I said, so I, many of these. I've created surges on a much smaller scale. Oh my god! Using some of these materials, but nothing to this size. So I'm not exactly sure how much we'd have to add for of the materials that burnt up. But we could, we could make an effort to fix things because it doesn't seem like the dude upstairs <laughs> has any idea what he's doing or talking about. So. I'm not sure. Is there like a maintenance man or a janitor that, you know, would take care of this? Do we just <laughs> need another griffin job? feather? Like if we're at a, a kind of like a school that has magic, somebody should know how to like fix this, right? Should we should we attempt to do this or should we go like find whoever's job it is Manny, to Manny, fix it? Wait, Manny. why did he send us down here in the first place and <laughs> Say, didn't call somebody else? Yeah, man. If, if they had a person for this, they wouldn't have sent four delinquent students down here. <laughs> delinquent? What are you talking about? Dixon. Yeah. You see the gleam of a green eye behind the furnace where you heard the shuffle. How close am I to this eye? You are 60 feet from the eye. Green eye means they're envious of how great a job we're doing. God, Jesus Christ. This does feel like the remedial math class all over again. (laughs) Hmm. Are these, uh... This is contraption... Fragile, by chance? It is filled with glass. Hmm. But is it fragile glass? I don't know. You could find out. Oh, chuck a hand axe at it. Would it shatter? Yes. Fuck. But the thing that has the green eye is nowhere near glass. Yes, so the green eye is back by the staircase uh, behind one of the furnaces. And say it's all metal over there. He's running away from us. Hmm. I want to dash at it. How far can you dash? 60 feet? Yeah. God, I miss fucking Ambionitis is fucking 60 feet regularly. <sighs> That's awesome. You dash straight up to it and you're just like, I just want right to stare at it right in its green eye. <laughs> you dash directly at it and before the thing has an opportunity to react you are suddenly upon it and you see that it is a humanoid shaped creature but it has claws coming out of its hands and its feet it is extremely muscled and covered in rotting flesh with pointy teeth and a single green eye it cowers before you and hisses like a cat that has just been startled yeah, this giant-ass dragonborn just <laughs> spreads 60 feet through the dark faster than you have a chance to move. <laughs> did I surprise it? You did, but your dash action is your full action. The only thing you have left to use is a bonus action. Damn. Introduce yourself cordially. <laughs> Scream at him. Yeah. My name's Six Insider! Does everybody hear the hiss? Like, are we alert to something going on from just hearing the stomping of a Large dragon board running, first of all. I'd say then... he's probably quitting pretty quick, despite what he says. And we're all just pretty preoccupied by fumbling with the yeah, glass canisters. Anybody who is that big and weighs as much as he does, I'm sure you'd hear him running. He's not like you guys. He's still pretty big. <laughs> yeah, let's get say I'm not small. You all do hear the hiss, though. We all hear the hiss? Yes. That makes this fun. Then let's go ahead and roll initiative.
let me just scooch in here a moment to say, Hello, I'm Paul, I'm your DM, and I have a couple things to tell you about this week. First things first, registration for the Patreon-exclusive physical rewards that are coming this summer is officially closed. But, now we can start registration for the winter rewards. So, if you would like exclusive podcast merchandise, head over to patreon.com slash deathsavingbros and become a supporter at the $25 tier for at least three months between now and December of 2023. We, of course, have other content available on Patreon, and that starts at as little as $2 a month, including bloopers, extra episodes, and special lore posts. But we love promoting the physical rewards because they are very cool. Uh, Previously, we've had canvas maps printed, and last fulfillment included a dice tower and tray made from solid ash wood. So just very cool stuff that we really want you to have. Of course, we also recognize that sometimes people are interested in just perusing merch at their own leisure. That's why we have merchandise available at redbubble.com. All you have to do is search Death Saving Bros to find t-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, and more with our logo, our character art, and other cool call-outs from the show. We'll be updating the shop soon with new art from the current season, so stay tuned for that. You might even see one of Dixon's uh, band t-shirts make its way on there. And what's more, we're currently looking into buttons that will match the school house crests that we posted on social media. Uh, Shout out to Ryan for that idea. Right now, it's looking like if we do go that route, it'll have to be a special order done separately from Redbubble. So if you'd be interested in getting your hands on some Arcshine-inspired buttons, let us know on social media, and we'll try to make that happen. You can find us at Death Saving Bros on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And since I did just give a shout-out to Ryan, let's go ahead and recognize all the others that support us and have made this show possible. Those who have joined our Patreon at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, Gene L. Jackson, and Gavin Knox. Thank you all for your support. Also want to take a moment to thank Thrillbilly, where the L's are the number one, Fruit Punch Boy, and that Faux King guy, though we all know Faux is pronounced pho, so very clever, uh, for their reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're not going to be reading their reviews on the air this season, but us hosts just wanted to take a moment to thank them because we love to see new people joining the adventure, and we know that those reviews help bring in other folk to the show. So if you're out there listening and you haven't yet left a review, but you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing your thoughts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. We'd also love if you left a five-star rating on Spotify, since they now have that feature, but they don't offer full reviews. But enough of that. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me in the middle of the show, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of it. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
Eight. Seven. Nineteen. It's unfortunate because my first move was going to be to teleport everybody closer. <laughs> Five. Wait. My specialty is mobility. I have a plus three initiative. What? I've never had it that high. Wow. Okay, so everybody except Thad rolled below ten. Awesome. Thad, you go first. I'd like to move 30 feet in its general direction. And I also want to move, if possible, so that Dixon isn't immediately in between me and whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Um, then what you could do is you could go to your right and get behind the furnaces so that you are now in line with this creature. And it would be approximately 30 feet away from you. And you'd just be at like right angles with Dixon. And then I'd like to draw my piece <laughs> and aim it with it tilted sideways and be like, freeze, sucker. And then you want to pull out your gun. How <laughs> do I turn my other piece sideways? With a quick flick yeah. and with a quick <laughs> flick of the wrist. Okay. Uh, so you just say freeze and uh, point your, your pistol at it. And uh, the thing hisses at you and goes... What do you want? Oh, it talks. That's unfortunate. <laughs> and then, uh, Manny, you're up. And then I shoot him three times. No. Um. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, we we never heard this thing was hostile, right? Like, we just... Yeah, it could just... He could be the, uh, the, the janitor. janitor. <laughs> yeah. He, so he says, what do you want, right? Yes. Cool. And can I see this, like, weird fleshy figure yet, or am I not in, like, a line of sight or close enough to, like, make out what he actually looks like? You can see that there's something there, but again, because it's behind the furnace, and uh, from where Dixon had started, you could only see, like, the gleam of the light against its eye. You can more or less just see, like, the gleam of the eye and then a silhouette. Gotcha. Well, I guess I'd also like to, you know, take my full movement of 30 feet to get myself into a closer position to see him. And as he says what he wants, um, are you, uh, do you work here? Do you work for the, do you work for the school? This is a very good line of questioning. Are you the janitor? No, I don't work here. Well. <laughs> that's good. Uh, we're down here. To fix so, the magic. So who are you then? Um, the magic is good. It tastes good. Yeah. It is broken. Well, you it did you drink it? No, I did not drink it. Did okay. you eat it? <laughs> no. What do you mean it tastes good? Did you butt chug it? Can't you feel it? Can't you taste it? He definitely butt chugged it. Yeah, well, okay. We can we can feel it like in the air, yes, Tonight. because there's magic. Oh, Lord. There's magic around <laughs> us. But did you do anything to the big surge that we're seeing here? No. That could have caused it to, to malfunction. No. So what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, give me a persuasion check. Is this all while I'm literally right on it staring <laughs> at it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's taken like a step or two backwards, but you've kind of cornered it. Um, there is a wall behind it. A wall? So is this thing essentially just down here huffing <laughs> furnace fumes magically? 
It's all hopped up on magic surge. Is that what this is about to be? <laughs> the, the roll was a 14. Okay. The thing inches its way along the wall away from Dixon and towards Thad. So clearly it's not trying to get away. It's just trying to get out from underneath Dixon. And it says, I watch. I wait. I enjoy the magic. Hmm. <laughs> what the fuck okay. does that even mean? Out of character question or out of game question. When like, what I know if like when magic happens, like this surge kind of, you know, as Matt said, like when when magic is used, does like fumes and stuff happen that I guess would like fill fill the room? Like would I know that from like working with smaller surges in the past? Like, when he says, I watch, I wait, and I feel the magic, is it like, anytime something magical happens, this larger surge releases some fume into the air that this creature is enjoying? No. Um, not, not in any, like, discernible way. A as the creature is shifting along the wall, and as you've moved forward, you, based on the arcana checks that you've already made, you recognize that this thing is what's called a Nothic. And a Nothic is a cursed wizard that just fucked up magic and has been consumed by it and twisted by it. And they're drawn to places of power, not because of any discernible reason, but just because they are so drawn to magical auras. So is he just views as like a rodent that we found in here? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But So he's a magical crackhead. <laughs> But I don't think he's really, it doesn't seem like he's really that much of a threat, and it doesn't seem like he really fucked up the magic here. But is he like, if these, you know, little glass canisters with the, uh, yeah, the stuff inside them are, like, depleted, basically, is he, like, draining them of magic? Yeah, there's is that one, what you're doing, you little shit? There's one way we can figure this out. We can just, like, take him away from here and see if it continues to happen. <laughs> Or we can kill him, but it's not really how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> so Thad asked his question aloud. Manny, did you ask that question aloud to the others? Yeah, I did. Okay. The no the Nothic is beginning to respond, No, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And then you say, Okay, we could just take him away or kill him. And the Nothic goes, <laughs> And it turns its eye on you, and it is going to try and rot you with its gaze, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Rot you me with his gaze. Uh, 23. Okay, you save against the necrotic damage that it tried to curse you with, but it is going to leap 12 feet in the air and claw onto the furnace in front of it, and it's going to start scaling up into the ceiling. Damn, it's got a 12-foot vertical? How tall is this thing? It's a uh, human size. Well, damn. Well, he also tried to rot me with his gaze. <laughs> I guess that's, that's <laughs> impressive, too. <laughs> Alright. And then we'll go ahead and, uh, Milo, it is your turn. Um, well, I guess if he's running away... He's going up into like an area that we can't see well, or is like is like is that something where he's going to disappear up there? 
Yes, that would be out uh, for anybody that doesn't have dark vision. It would be outside of your uh, line of sight. Okay. Um. It, right now, the Nothic is at the edge of where you can see based on the light. But next turn, he would be out of sight. Okay. Well, I guess my immediate concern would be to stop him from moving. So I'm going to try to run over to him. Uh, I have a 30-foot range. And if I can get... If I just move within 30 feet of him, is that... like If I move 30 feet, am I within 90 feet of him? Yes. Yeah, the the Nothic is now 30 feet up in the air, crawling up the furnace, but you, you you are easily able to run within 90 feet of that space. Okay, so I'll be like, oh, you're, you can't get away from us until we get more questions answered, and I'm going to cast, I'm going to pull out a charge from my pocket, or a surge, and I'm going to use a level one spell to use Entangle. Oh, yeah, that's right. You stole a surge <laughs> from the commissary. Mm-hmm. All right. So how does Entangle work? Um, it's a strength saving throw or he's restrained. Uh, basically, weeds and vines sprout out in a 20-foot radius area and it's considered difficult terrain and the strength save dc is a a plus proficiency plus your spell casting modifier i feel like it was a little different for me but it's a 14 i think the nothic rolled a 15 plus two okay well it became very difficult terrain and then what I can do immediately after me, I guess I'm in a good position where I can see him and attack him. Is there anybody around me that isn't? Or are we all kind of in a good line of sight? You're all in a good line of sight. It's straight up for all of you, essentially. Okay. Well, the, I, I guess at that point, the only other thing that I can do with my turn is after my turn, uh, Toby can take a turn to shoot a uh, flame seed at him. It's a ranged weapon attack. My spell attack modifier to hit. Range 60 feet. One target I can see. So it'll take a little sploop at him. Okay. Natural 20. Ooh, nice. So uh, you will then roll damage dice twice and add your modifier once. Attacks is it's 1d6 plus proficiency bonus fire damage. So mm, that was a bad one. Proficiency bonus... So that's a three <laughs> and a seven. So 10 damage. Well, hold on a second. You only add your modifier, that plus proficiency. You only add that once. So that's eight damage. Okay. You deal eight damage. The Nothic hisses down at Toby and it brushes the flame off of its skin. And then Dixon, your turn. Take another dash action. Let's <laughs> just get right up on him again. How far is he? Is he straight up or he? Fo- uh, straight up. What is he climbing up? Just like sheer metal. He's got yeah. claws, man. <laughs> Spider Man. How far up is he? Thirty feet. Ew, that's that's kind of kind of far. How far does my fire or my fire necrotic breath reach? Is that fifteen feet? Yes. Do you have a 15-foot vertical? No. (laughs) Is he still running away or is he stationary? Oh, he's still trying to move away, but 
you know, because we're in turn order, you know, he's staying 30 feet from you. Right. Okay. I will move in the direction of which he was going and kind of wait to see what happens to see if he gets dropped, but I also want to stay with him. Okay. So you can see which way the pipe is going that he's climbing and you kind of try and take a guess at which way he's going to go and position yourself under the under the appropriate pipe. Right. Perfect. Getting ready. If he does get within 15 feet of me, I want to breathe uh, necrotic all up in that ass. Okay. Taking the ready action to <laughs> breathe all up in that ass. Uh, I can't wait to use that. Uh, baby, I want to take a bonus action and breathe all up in that ass. Thad, <laughs> uh, you're up next. All right. I would like to move to where I am 60 feet or less away from him. Okay. If possible. Already, uh, well, yeah. You move 30 feet and you are there. And then I would like to shoot him. With your sweet load? Yes. It's a pretty good distance. Crap. So I rolled it and I saw it was a four, or I saw a four and then I picked it up and it's slanted and four and 14 are right next to each other. It was definitely a 14. Sounds like a re-roll to me. <laughs> okay, now it's definitely a 16. Plus 5 for a 21. Okay, a 21 will hit. Roll for damage. All right, that's going to be 7 for damage. Okay. 74? Yes. No. Man. And then I'm going to say y'all aren't the only ones with surges, and I'm going to action surge. <laughs> Boo. Because I'm a fighter. <laughs> nice. And then I'm going to use my second action... And you'll never guess what I'm about to do. I'm about to shoot him. <laughs> that one's going to be a 14. One turn kill. Uh, a 14 is going to miss. The Nothic is going to screech on the metal as its claws dig in from the first shot, and it drops out of the way of your second shot as it seems to be reeling in pain and it's going to hiss down at you. I am not the one you're looking for. Who are we looking for? You're the one we got. Well, you also tried to blast this guy with your spooky ray beam, and it's all about the team. <laughs> Picked yeah. me up with some mind powers and shook me like a dog. Shook me like a dog. <laughs> Manny, you're up. Mama, there's a gator in the house. <laughs> Get that damn gator, boy. Um, so how many feet away from him am I, roughly? Uh, 30, 40 feet. Okay, cool. Did you say he fell off, like he dropped off of the pipe? No, he just screeched down just a little bit. It's flavor text. Ah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Um, flavor. <laughs> well, can I... <laughs> who are we looking for then? Do you know what's man. going on? The Muffin Man. And while I am waiting for his response, I would like to move kind of directly. So if he's like 30 or 40 feet from me, Dixon, are you... Like, is Dixon in the path between me and this creature then? Yes. I mean, he's he has positioned himself under the pipe, so if the Nothic falls, he'll be able to breathe all up in its ass. And you said the pipe was like, <laughs> what, 15 feet off the ground or whatever? From what he jumped, or 12 feet? 30. The, the Nothic is 30 feet straight up on this pipe. Well, I'd still like to move in position closer to, or kind of right, right up, right up behind Dixon as I see that he has positioned himself 
And I guess while I am confirming what I'm going to do uh, now that I'm in this position, does uh, he respond at all when I ask the question? Let's see if the Nothic actually feels like talking to you since you've been blasting his ass. Blasting his ass? I haven't touched Mm -hmm. him. I was the only one who didn't draw a weapon (laughs) in the beginning. I didn't draw a weapon. I just tried to catch him in some vines. I just wanted to look at him from three inches inches away from his face. (laughs) The Nothic does respond and says, Follow the pipes. Well, that's what I said. I I, I said the same thing. I said we should have followed the pipes. That's what I said. I said follow the pipes. (laughs) I said follow the pipes. Are you sure you're not the mechanic? <laughs> Can we just... Well, regardless, uh, <laughs> I'd still like to, to, Murder to attack this dude because he tried to melt my brain. Um, <laughs> he was the one that initiated that with me. Uh, so, guess the only real thing of any decent range for attack that I have is a light crossbow. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to kind of run up behind Dixon, pull out this crossbow, and I'm going to I'm gonna try to shoot it in a way that's going to make him fall. I guess if I could specifically try to hit, like, I don't know, a hand or something where it's still going to cause the damage but also cause it to lose its grip, that's what I would ideally like to do. Usually, I would imagine if you get shot with a crossbow bolt, you might flinch a little bit and lose grip. That, that's that's what I'm hoping. Shoot it straight in the spine. Really go for it. Oh, goodness. Well, there's a reason Coach was thinking about benching me this season. <laughs> I rolled a two. And you shot me. Congratulations. <laughs> well, hold on. Remind me, too, with, like, range components. Like, for example, a light crossbow has, like, a range of 80 to 320 or something. Is it, like, less than 80 feet is, like, normal roll, 80 to 320 is, like, disadvantage, and 320 plus is, like, not doable? Is that correct? Okay. So, yeah, two. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, you <laughs> you try to shoot this Nothic, and it just goes sailing way wide. You don't even get close to it. <laughs> Do I rattle the pipe elsewhere, and it causes, causes some shaking? No. <laughs> that sucks. You fire it directly into the open door of that canister, and it just bounces around and hits every single glass vial in there. <laughs> Everything is now shattered. It just goes sailing up into the upper reaches of the ceiling of this basement, and then the Nothic is going to leap out of the area where the vines are, and it's going to grab onto another pipe from one of the other furnaces, and it's going to scrabble away into the dark, and... It is now out of sight, and aside from the scritching that you hear briefly as you're trying to locate it, suddenly it goes silent and you can't hear or see the Nothic anymore. And right at that moment, you hear footsteps coming down the stairs that lead up to the Arcthanium. Wait, so you said Nothics were like former wizards who were consumed by magic? Yes. So, it was basically just a former student, probably. Who knows? Oh, it's that one <laughs> motherfucker that went bananas and murdered all them kids down at that school. Or just a brando. Right, well... Yeah, I'm sure it's happened before. So, either way, they're just viewed like, ah, oh, shit, we found a mouse. Like, no one's gonna be like, what the fuck are you doing? When we're like, hey, yeah, we just found this guy in the basement and we just started blasting. 
So I, can, <laughs> so I started blasting. I mean, who knows? You you haven't told anybody, and nobody has mentioned that there is a Nothic just chilling in the basement. Like that's nothing that the students have passed down from generation to generation. Do we have a general idea just of Nothics in general? I guess anyone going to be upset that we did that? <laughs> like, or it, is it the same as if there was just some random magical critter living down here and we just like, it's like it? We, it's like we caught a mouse. Yeah. Uh, you would generally understand that Nothics are more like rodents than they are like traditional zombies that you're hoping you can turn back into a human. Okay, cool. Fuck them. <laughs> well, you got away though, right? Footsteps now... <laughs> come down. Hello? Is that another one? As Milo calls out, the footsteps stop, and then you see feet slowly approaching through the archway, and that's where we're going to end this episode. We'll find out next time who has just come into the basement on the next episode of the Death Saving Bros podcast. Just feet? <laughs> How do we see only feet? What are you, Quentin Tarantino? Onlyfeet.com. <laughs> no ankles, just feet. It It is accompanied by a person. There's a person attached, but like you're looking up and based on the angle of the stairs, you see feet first. Did you just decide that we're all foot fetishists and that's all we notice? That's usually how stuff gets decided on our podcast. It just happened one time. This is all right. Well, that's canon, though. <laughs> that's true. Um, but no, you you will find out next time who this person is that has joined you in the basement. Until then, we hope that all of you listeners enjoyed this episode. I, as your DM, hope that you players enjoyed this session. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got to say on that. If you want to hear more, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros to check out bloopers, conversational recaps, and extra episodes. If you would like to keep in touch with us, we are available on social media at deathsavingbros on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. I am personally available at hbcamper. I'm at I'm a underscore b underscore red. Sorry, I thought Paul was saying more. I thought it kind of sounded like he cut himself off. Um, Dumbass. I'm at Benfro15. I'm at Ben's a fucking dumbass.com. Well, I just messaged the Reddit telling me how big You're starting the website. Yeah. (laughs) Just message me on Reddit telling me how big of a dumbass Ben is. It's going to be a weekly picture of what we have that's an embarrassing picture of Ben uploaded. That sounds like not a fun website for me. <laughs> I know that there's a there's, there's a few videos. there's a few floating around out there that I'm not uh, so proud of. I wouldn't be either. I'd subscribe to it. I just saw you in a washcloth, and that was it. You'd find me on the PlayStation Network as F A T T Dash Smith. And to all those of you who are listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be. Keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one.
This episode was made possible by our patrons. The following individuals have pledged at the $5 tier. Tad Corsi. Thank you for your support. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Something Amiss and The Specialist are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Icewind Dale is by Ella Morana. These tracks are used with permission. All rights reserved.